0: Most of my friends forgot to vote for me, which means that some people actually liked my message.
1: Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This This is is James Reynolds Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
2: Welcome back, listener. I'm James Reynolds, and you're listening into Traffic Jam episode number eight. This week and every week, I invite onto the show the very best traffic experts on the internet so that you can learn how to build and grow a profitable audience for your website. Now, before we get stuck into the show this week, I've got to give a shout out to Jennifer Sheehan, who helped get my Facebook advertising account reinstated this week after it was unceremoniously deactivated by Facebook in some kind of random aberration. Now, it seems Facebook mistakenly flicked the switch in their lab somewhere and and took out thousands of accounts literally overnight by complete and utter mistake. Now, my account was in perfect standing, as were others that I know Jen was dealing with whilst it was pretty frustrating for a few days before we got the account reinstated. There is a great lesson there, one that we teach on this show, and that's not to be reliant only on one or two traffic sources, because when you are, your business is vulnerable. Now, follow the advice we teach on the show here and build out multiple traffic channels. In fact, if you're new to Traffic Jam, go and check out some of the other episodes. We've already covered things like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, e-commerce, traffic channels, banner advertising, and Pinterest. So if you master just some of these, you've already got a strong website that's safe from random axing of traffic like I experienced this week. Anyway, thank you to you, Jen. Your advice is so valuable to me and to listeners, out there. At this point, I've got to recommend you go check out episode number five, especially because that's my interview with Jen on Facebook advertising innovations. And it's got to be one of my favorites so far. Trafficjamcast.com. So what's coming up on today's show? We have another form of paid traffic being discussed and it's email drops, essentially a fancy name for a purchased email broadcast. Now, telling us all about it is our interview guest for the day, Chad Hamsey. That's coming up next. Stick around till the end of the show and I'll tell you what's been going on in the world of traffic in the past seven days, as well as the popular and very actionable one minute traffic tip today's show is one of the longest episodes so let's not hold back the content a moment longer here's today's feature interview so on today's episode i have chad hamsey from dsv2 and the creator of traffic black book chad i'm happy you could be with us today welcome to traffic jam oh
0: thanks it's absolutely my pleasure james
2: no absolute pleasure now i'm going to ask you to spill the beans on your best kept traffic secrets over the course of the interview, but not before I ask you to share a little bit about who you are, because I gotta say you're the first ultimate fighting mayor candidate I've ever had on Traffic Jam. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. You're a, you're an interesting guy by all accounts.
0: Uh, that's what they say. I don't know. It's just it's just <laughs> me trying to keep myself busy, I guess. Uh, I'll, I'll just talk briefly about you know how I started here. My brother brought home a a copy of the Ultimate Fighting Championship in 1993 to our house. And I said, that is the coolest thing that I've ever seen. And I want to do that. And Hmm. so that was pretty much like my obsession (laughs) as a kid from like 13 going forward. And so uh, my life revolved around training and doing all that sort of stuff. But obviously, that doesn't really pay the bills at the time. So, you know, during my 20s, I had a small web design studio And um, when I was about 23 or so, I started at a telecom, and um, I eventually became a business analyst there. Well, what happened was, um, you know, I'm working in this cubicle job, you know, about, I'd say at this time, maybe 27 or so. This was in 2007. And I'm having, you know, my quarter life crisis or whatever it is, and I'm saying, you know what, you know, I'm not doing what what it is that I really want to do. I want to see what I can do. Uh, in, this, uh, in this fighting game, I want to go somewhere uh, where I can train full-time and not have to worry about work and that sort of stuff. And uh, that was essentially how I ended up uh, going to Thailand. So a lot of people, um, I just took off to Thailand. My wife and I took off. She, she agreed to this crazy idea of <laughs> dropping our jobs and that sort of thing and uh, heading off to Thailand and just kickboxing and fight training full-time. And that was in 2008. And uh, we were there for about a year. And uh, it was, you know, it was great. Like, you know, all you're doing every day is just working out and training. And, you know, I would take a web design project every few months. And since Thailand was so cheap, you know, that would, that money from that would last like, you know, five, six months. So it was cool. And, you know, it was great. But then what happened was about 10 months in, we got a, an email. My dad was, uh, you know, visiting a friend in Malaysia and he got sick. We eventually went we went out to Malaysia to visit him. And then when we went back home... Uh, he actually ended up having stomach cancer so we went back home because he was going to be living with us and so i basically was um... now he was obviously faced with much more adversity but you know we were going back and it's just like okay so i got a a large mortgage uh... my wife was now pregnant newly pregnant so i got a baby on the way and i definitely did not want to go back in the cubicle and now obviously i would have if i really really had to but so what I did is um, a couple of months before leaving Thailand, I started researching uh, how to make money online and as, as cliche as it sounds like I was that guy who basically Googled that. <laughs> it was like, you know, how to make money online. And, and I look, I just kind of stumbled upon pay-per-click marketing and that sort of stuff. And you know, it was great. Like uh, I, I found some forums that I could just learn about pay-per-click and I didn't really start doing any testing on my own, like until I got back to, to Canada. And um, I would say in the first month of me working in display traffic, I probably launched 130 Google Display Network campaigns in that first 30 days. It was just me doing it myself. I was functioning as an affiliate at the time. And this was, early, this was mid-2009. That's it. That's pretty much how I started out. And I, I had some really good early success as an affiliate. And ever since then, that's how I eventually uh, got into this whole game. And so, you know, it was just kind of accidental. It wasn't really like, you know, I'm setting out to be an entrepreneur and have an agency and that sort of thing. Uh, The agency thing even happened kind of organically. Just people came to me and they just were interested in me running traffic for them, you know, as opposed to me just running as an affiliate. Uh, That was kind of how that all came about. It was just out of sheer necessity that I just didn't want to go back to the corporate job. The mayor thing was just funny. Like, I mean... In I think this was 2001 that I ran for mayor I was 21 years old and that was all just basically I just wanted to see what it what it entailed to run for mayor in my city and it just came down to basically all you need to do is register for a hundred dollars and then anyone can anyone can run for mayor. It's kind of ridiculous, but um I wish I had my my ad generating ability back then that I did you know um that I do now for when I ran uh, for mayor because I could have maybe done really well.
2: I didn't get last place
0: though, so that was cool.
2: Well, I guess we know the outcome of that story. You didn't become mayor, I assume. I don't, I don't hear stories of you, Chad, no. wandering the streets of your city, ringing a bell, singing, Ole, Ole. No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no absolutely not. I, I'm not mayor. And uh, I think I was, there was a lot of people who ran that, that year, I think 15, and I think I was 12th place. So not last. Most of my friends forgot to vote for me, which, uh, which means that some people actually liked my message and voted for me out of the... <laughs> Because they because they believed I was the man for the job, which is pretty cool.
2: Well, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool stuff. Well, I've got to say, I'm I'm glad that we're separated by an internet connection and several thousand miles. Because if I ask you any questions you don't like today, I'd, I think I'd become a little bit worse off than I am. <laughs> With those. No,
0: nah, I'm pretty laid back. <laughs>
2: yeah, you you seem it. Well, tell me about your business now. It's you've obviously been in the game a few years now what do you do now and who do you do it for okay so uh,
0: a couple different things that we do now is um so obviously uh we have the agency side and that that only started maybe about a year ago and like i said that kind of um happened accidentally not accidentally but in the sense that people had seen my original traffic blackbook product uh, they just knew about me and they just said hey you know we have a new product a new offer and you know we're wondering if you would manage some traffic towards it and so that's what we do right now so we got one side and we do well with it which is the agency side and we only manage about three client campaigns right now we don't take on a lot of people Two of them are in the health space. One has a, a blood pressure type supplement. Uh, they also have um, a couple other offers uh, which are, um, you know, joint pain related and that sort of thing. And then we have another one which is a weight loss, uh, a weight loss client and they, they're getting into the, uh, uh, the testosterone, like, you know, male muscle type market, but for older males and that sort of stuff. So on one hand, we do um, we take on a lot of health type of clients. Uh, not a lot of them, but those are the people that we have that tend to gravitate towards us. And uh, the, the third client that we have is a, um, they're like a real estate investing, private mortgage type of client. So uh, we, we do some AdWords management for them. We do some email and um, we do a lot of display as well. The majority of uh, people that come to us, you know, whether we take them on or not, and obviously we don't t- take on many, but the guys that we have taken on, uh, they've typically tested their own stuff with email traffic beforehand joint venture traffic uh that sort of thing and they want to expand out with um you know cold traffic and typically display traffic is what our specialty is but we've done a lot more email as well as of late and so those are the types of guys that uh, usually go for us so that's one side that's the agency side of the business we also have a couple uh, in-house offers that we test and we want to um we want to roll those out as well. And we're doing more and more of that. And that's kind of where I see the business going is um, our own in-house health offers and that sort of stuff.
2: So is that where your energy is really spent at the moment, Chad? Do you prefer to be developing out your own stuff as opposed to servicing other businesses?
0: Uh, you know, it's um right now it's about a 50-50. I could see us gravitating more towards that right just because it just makes sense but running a successful offer there's a lot more to it than just the traffic side of things and so it it's taken us to partner with um you know really good copywriters conversion specialists like guys that are good at converting traffic uh that sort of thing as well as the front end of an offer but yeah you know we're still not close. We're not closed off to the service side of things because it, it, it can be lucrative and it gets people really good results. So I, I could see us gravitating more towards that, but right now I'd say 50 50.
2: Yeah. And it keeps you sharp, right? When you're managing someone else's dollars, you got to make sure you know your stuff when you're performing, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, the premise of the show each week I invite on some form of expert in a particular form of traffic. So I'm going to ask you now to open up and reveal what is your best-kept traffic secret. What's working for you most right now, Chad?
0: The first one that I would talk about would be, uh, you know, the CPM email drops, like on on publisher sites and that sort of thing. So uh, typically what this means is we will go to a a website. So it's kind of like when we're doing a, a direct display media buy on a specific publisher site. So um, I'll give you an example, like Newsmax might be an example of this. And they have a lot of uh, display traffic and that sort of thing, but they also have a lot of email traffic as well. And so what we'll do is we'll, we'll buy, you know, two types of formats of uh, email traffic. The first is the dedicated email drop, uh, which, um, these companies are sending out their newsletter. Your message is the only message in that email newsletter. So it's a it's a as the name implies, it's a completely dedicated uh, email drop towards your message. Typically, the message is a um, is an ad. It's about a one page ad, that sort of thing. And then you know that traffic gets sent to you know a landing page or wherever else. Uh, the other one, which is more of a "quote unquote" secret, it's not really a secret because other guys use it, just not many use it. Is it's they're called sponsorship uh, emails. And now, sponsorship emails, uh, there's a few different formats. The format that we typically use is the publisher site is sending out their daily newsletter, and it's a content-based newsletter. Now, what what happens here is with the, um, the sponsorship emails, it's simply a banner ad you know, one of our banner ads inside of their newsletter. So when I originally saw these, I didn't think people actually clicked on these very much. I didn't, I I just thought, you know, they're getting the newsletter email. They're probably gonna, you know, read the newsletter and really ignore those those ads, but they actually work very, very well. And you get email quality traffic at a much cheaper cost. So to give you an idea, we have... um, So we were doing one dedicated drop. The dedicated drop was running at about a $30 to $50 CPM on this one publisher site. From in the same, you know, newsletter chain to do a sponsorship drop was a $5 CPM and we were getting, um, quite a few, you know, we're getting comparable clicks in terms of the cost. The the the, the average click cost was much, much cheaper than on, than on the dedicated. And so, uh, you know, we were able to profit two to three times, uh, 200 to 300% ROI versus, um, you know, just using the dedicated drop. The dedicated drop has the advantage of a brand engagement as well. But mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just, uh, you know, pure direct response and and profit and that sort of thing. We found that the uh, the sponsorship email seems to be, uh, you know, just uh, the best bang for your buck. You know what I mean. So it's uh, that tends to work uh, very very well. And you know we'll go we'll go with those more often than not. And plus the lead up time and the setup is a lot is a lot easier because we can just take our successful banner ads and just put them right into a a newsletter versus uh, having to build out a whole dedicated creative and see which dedicated creative is getting the the best pull or not so so we really like those Uh, not a lot of people are using them and um, they're they've been working really well for us for sure
2: awesome good well i think it'd be worthwhile just kind of running through the steps of how you'd go about doing both a dedicated job and doing a sponsored sort of email or news release. I guess we should really talk about first where we can go and acquire this media. Like what sites can we approach? Is it a direct buy? Are we going through an agency or a broker? What are the steps involved to kind of get this thing off the ground? Okay, so you kind of mentioned few different sources and we actually use all of them
0: so the we do a lot of direct buys uh, just because it it tends to be you know obviously a bit cheaper we're not paying a margin or a spread or anything like that but so number one is going directly to websites so now since we um we buy a lot of traffic from you know conservative news sites and that sort of thing so we might go to websites like you know the blaze we might go to websites like newsmax uh, you know, Arkamax is another general interest type one that we'll go to, but really, it's going to come down to uh, who's the ideal demographic profile for whatever offer that that you're promoting for your clients and that sort of thing. And um, a lot of these publisher sites, they do have a newsletter sponsorship type option. They either have a banner or they have um, even just text links within the uh, within the newsletter. And one of our most successful ones is um, you know on Arkamax, for example, they have a text link. Uh, within the email newsletter. And it doesn't seem like it would get clicked a lot, but for how cheap it is, uh, you and their their list is very, very big, you get a lot of traffic. So so let's talk about the sponsorship ones. The setup basically, you know, either go direct. The other thing is you can go through an agency. We go through um, one of the agencies. It's a popular one, like the J.R. Whalen Agency, uh, they sell a bunch in that, you know, con- conservative news type of uh, market. So that's that's one, for example. And, you know, we'll go to an agency and we'll say, hey, we're looking for sponsorship drops. You know, want to put our banners in the email. That's one route. Another good route is um, there is a network. And I'll I'll, I'll say this network um, because we don't use them much anymore, not because their traffic isn't good, just because uh, the offers that we're promoting, they've been more restrictive on them. So maybe somebody else out there will, will get good use of it. But there's a network called Live Intelligence. Who has a very, very, very good traffic? They are essentially a traffic network for banners within people's newsletters. So you buy it as you would any other CPM buy on a on a traffic network like Yahoo or AOL, uh, and it's rep managed. So you just send over your your banners and your links and that sort of thing, and they will put those banners into uh, several different placements. You won't see the placements. It's kind of a blind network. To give you an idea, we were spending about 150 grand a month just with live intent uh, for a while. But uh, they started to crack down on health offers and that sort of thing. They just didn't want to deal much with them. But uh, like I said, if, you know, one of your guys has, you know, somebody listening there has an offer that they would go with, they get, you know, they get their ads into some very premium quality uh, publisher sites. So, I mean, we were, we were buying all their second tier stuff, which was more of the conservative news sites, uh, some of the, the lower end uh, newsletters that were converting well. But if you have if you have something that needs to be brand safe or whatever else, they have that type of inventory. It's absolutely great network. But uh, so we'll either go through an agency, like I said, we'll go direct a lot of the time, or we'll go with a network like Live Intent. I haven't found many other networks like them. Uh, and then essentially at that point, what it what it comes down to is just like setting up any other banner buy, uh, you provide your banners, tracking links. Um, some of these guys will actually allow you, when we go to Newsmax, for example, they'll actually allow us to use our ad server tags within their email newsletter, which is pretty cool. Uh, not all the networks will allow you to do that. So uh, one website we use um, a lot for uh, women's traffic is LifeScript. And uh, they allow us to put our ad server tags within their um, newsletter. And then so we can start rotating ads and all that sort of stuff on every successive drop that they do for us. And then after that, it's just like tracking um, any other buy, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at our EPC more, more than the cost per click, really. So, you know, if we're, if we see that, you know, we're backing out, we're just going to keep buying off that we're going to rebuy. And we typically won't buy a you know, you'll hear different things. Like some guys that do uh, the sponsorship emails, they won't rebuy until every four weeks, even if the buy was successful, just to avoid saturation. I typically won't buy more than more than once or twice a week, but I will buy pretty frequently when it comes to the sponsorship ones. Uh, so I won't wait four weeks on the sponsorship. Uh, with a dedicated email, I might wait, you know, two to four weeks, but um, just to avoid saturation. But with the banner ad styles, uh, the sponsorship emails. Uh, I'll just, I'll buy those more frequently. With the dedicated emails, the process is um, very similar, but with those we'll typically go either through an agency or, you know, most of the time we're just going direct because we have a lot of them, we have, uh, you know, relationships with a lot of these publishers. And again, it just comes down to, you know, which types of sites have our demographic. Most of them have a dedicated email option. And, um, you know, we'll mail out our email. Uh, you know, we have one like on LifeScript, for example, for one of our health offers. Uh, we, we will mail dedicated on a cost per click setup with them. Probably, you know, it will drop to that list eight to ten times a month. Wow. Believe it or not. Yeah, it'll be very frequent and and so what what happened on that one is when we started out we doubled the money so that the buy was a $20,000 to do all those drops and you know we were bringing about 40,000 revenue for the client from that one buy. So that worked out well. And month over month we've seen the ROI just slowly drop, right? So now what we're doing this month is they have another offer. This client has another offer. So we're just rotating in that new offer, uh, you know, so there's a new message now going out. So, you know, we're gonna do that to avoid saturation and we're gonna see how this new offer uh, resonates with the audience. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's a good tip right there. So they have a cost per click type of model. If you can get a cost per click model, uh, at least for the initial test on a dedicated drop, that helps a lot because you don't necessarily know how good their traffic quality is, and not all of them will give you a small test. So when you do a CPM email drop, uh, it can be a bit risky. Like who knows what their deliverability is like, and all that sort of thing. So um, if we can structure a, a cost per click, a lot of them won't do it. But if they if they do allow us to, then you know that's a great position to be in on email traffic. We'll use our own track tracking links as well, so that you know if they're saying, hey, you got ten thousand clicks, you're paying a buck fifty cost per click and then we're seeing only 3000 then you know we can you know tell them hey well you know there's 7000 clicks gone missing what happened here yeah and we'll have that in our insertion orders you know we'll bill off our own numbers with a, with a 10% uh, allowable variance that's typically how we'll do it so uh to avoid uh, any any big issues or anything like that
2: we've got a pretty savvy listener base here but i think we should probably just at this point elaborate on what a a cpc and a cpm is just so that our listener out there knows exactly the terminology we're talking about just explain those two for us chad
0: yeah for sure with the cpm in the in relation to the email drops it's uh it's cost per thousand cents so you know on um on on a banner ad what cpm means you know cost per thousand impressions like every thousand times your ad is shown, uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna pay whatever that CPM rate is. So for a $5 CPM, every time your ad is shown a thousand times, you're gonna pay $5. On a high volume site, uh, that can go, thousand impressions, uh, that can go by very, very quickly. So obviously anyone that's done this knows how fast uh, that can happen. With the email, it's different. With the email you're paying on a CPM in terms of uh, the email sent. So it doesn't matter if somebody opens the email and views it or not. Um, That's typically how they're gonna, how it's gonna be. Now some networks like um, like Live Intent, for example, the CPM is based on people that actually view the email because you're you're paying you're paying on it. It's you're paying like a banner ad network, but typically for email dedicated sponsorship, it's just gonna be per cent. So they might say that they have a list of five million people. And um, so you don't have to test, that's another thing I should add, you don't have to test all five million, especially if it's a brand new list. You could say, okay, I wanna do a quarter list send, or, you know, can I test just 200,000 names? And typically, if they have a list of five million, yes, you can test just, you know, 100 or 200,000 names. So if you're paying a, you know, help me with my math here, (laughs) put me on the spot, but if you're paying (laughs) like a, a, if you're paying a $10 CPM, and you know, you're just only testing 100,000 names, then that should be $1,000. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. My Sounds yeah, right so, to me anyway. Yeah, that's a, yeah, so whatever it is, you know, you've got 100,000 names, so 100 times 1,000, that sort of thing. Uh, so you're going to pay for all 100,000 emails sent in terms of a $10 CPM. You're not going to pay just for people that open. So that's very important um, distinction when you're doing the email drop, so do keep that in mind.
2: And I guess these are things that really we've got to be wary of is... What is the quality of the list? How fresh is it? How was it acquired? Because if we don't look into these types of things, especially if we're doing a CPM type arrangements, we could get dramatically different results off the same size or set of names, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So now you're getting more into the, um, like some of the more important details. So let's say somebody has a, a 5 million person list. So that's like the universe size of the list. So that's the terminology they'll typically typically use. They'll say it's the, the list universe is 5 million. And you will test a, you got to be really careful with this. I typically don't find this as an issue when I'm going direct, okay? Um, but if I'm going through brokers and whatnot, you got to be careful with this. So let's say I want to test 500,000, you know, so a 10% segment. So 500,000 uh, people on that list. Let's say that an original test goes well. What a lot of people starting out will do is they'll test, All five million next. Now, the problem with that is you don't know if that broker segmented out the very best 500,000. So like the people that are clickers and openers and that sort of thing. Okay. And then now you're going to buy a 5 million person, a 5 million name test. And then all of a sudden you just get absolutely burnt. So what I like to do is I like to increase it, you know, like maybe 20 to 30% next. Right. So even 50%. So I might go to, you know, 750,000 after the 500,000 test. And then I might just increase it gradually like that. Um, People want to get impatient, but you got to be very, very careful. Usually you want, you know, opt-in lists versus compiled lists, right? Like compiled lists can mean many different things. It could be uh, leads that were purchased. It could be scraped lists, whatever else. It's hard to tell really with compiled lists. When I go direct, and this is why, again, I like to go direct in this sort of case, typically it's those opt-in lists or it's buyer's lists and that sort of thing. And that's what you want. And that's typically how you... um, ensure that you're getting the best quality. So I tip, I like to um, go direct in a lot of these cases. I know it's a bit slower of a process than going to a broker. Unless you really trust that broker or that agency, um, test small. Like I even test small when I'm going direct. At least when you're going direct, you can test usually smaller, and usually you know you're getting you know, the true opt-in list, the true buyer's list from that uh, publisher.
2: Got it. Well, that certainly opened our listeners' eyes to some of the pitfalls to avoid is there anything else that they should sort of keep an eye out for when doing a, an email buy
0: yeah you know um the the next one um that i would say and this is kind of like in your original setup when you're negotiating with the rep at the network or at the uh at the publisher site uh, i'll always ask them if we're paying on a cpm i'll say okay what kind of um how many clicks can we expect right and They'll always say, well, it comes down to the creative and how engaging it is and blah, blah, blah. But they will have a range, okay? So they'll say, so let's say I'm doing a buy of $10,000. They should have a range, right? And this range number is completely hypothetical, so don't quote me on it. But, you know, they might say, okay, you're going to get between 7,500 and 13,000 clicks. So if that's the range that they tell me, then I'm going to estimate on the lower end, Okay, so I'm going to say, okay, so I can expect 7,500 clicks, and it's going to cost me $10,000. So if I'm doing my math quickly right now, you know, the, the average cost per click is going to be about $1.33. If I know the EPC, the average EPC on the offer, on the client offer, or whatever that I'm running, then that gives me a good idea of um, you know, should we proceed with this buy? We proceed with caution. Maybe we do a smaller listen, that sort of thing, just to make sure that um, you know it's not going to be completely blown out. If the numbers are you know relatively close to what I need in terms of cost per click, then I'm fine. You know, I, I'll do the test. But if it's like this crazy range where the cost per click kind of come in five dollars, and I know the EPC is a buck fifty. I don't think I'll go ahead with that test, right? I still might do it on a lower volume because their traffic quality might be much, much better. But usually, um, I won't. Uh, if something is that much of a difference, usually I just won't won't do it. Like we had, for example, um, you know, with Newsmax, they had these really high quality buyers lists, and the average cost per click was going to work out to be about ten dollars. And I knew that the EPC that this this client was getting was around. 275 or so on um, Newsmax's general list. But I didn't go ahead with the test because I didn't think that the buyer quality list would would bring in, you know, almost four to five times the quality. Right. I could be wrong on that, but they only allowed a um, you could only do a larger test there. So, you know, in that case, I, I passed on that offer. Right. So. Once you, once you get in with these reps, especially at the direct sites, they'll start giving you different offers and stuff, but you do need to keep in mind that you are dealing with sales guys, and it doesn't mean they're trying to rip you off or anything, but you just, you know, nobody cares about your money as much as you. Yeah. <laughs> you need to watch that, and test small, roll out big. That's always the way to do it.
2: Yeah, well, there you go. There's some words of wisdom there. Now, I've got to ask at this stage, we we might have a listener or two sitting out there thinking, well, hey, guys, this is all well and good. But I've got a small local business that's perhaps concentrated in my hometown. Can you do email buys for a more localized market? Or, or have you always got to go through these big direct buys or agencies? Or is there other opportunities out there? You know,
0: a lot of the uh, direct ones can actually segment out the list uh, statewide or even city. Now, if the city is, uh, usually if it's a major city, right? But a lot of times they actually can segment the traffic out for you. You're just dealing with local uh, consumers and that sort of thing. So it is an option uh, on the email buys. And it's, um, you know, you're not going to get huge amounts of volume, but you'll get you'll get probably what you need to. And it's just a matter of... Um, you know, the, the other thing, too, is like if we want to target locally, we'll go direct to so Tampa Bay.com for example, this is a uh, this is one example. We wanted to get traffic within Tampa Bay. Now, yeah. they're a major um, Tampa Bay.com is, is like a is a big, fairly big website for news in Florida in general and even other areas right in southeast United States. But you can go to the big news sites for each city. OK, and there's and um, you can just target those directly and they'll often have email drops as well where you can say, OK, I just want to segment uh, just to the city. And, you know, they can do that t- to a degree, but, you know, you, you can usually get about 85 percent to 90 percent accuracy in terms of um, you tell them, well, I only want people within Tampa Bay. Well, you know, obviously not 100 percent of the people will be in there, but you can you can get the majority. Right. So. That's probably the best option I've seen in terms of really targeting right down to a city is going to the, um, the news outlets and that sort of stuff. Uh, and, you know, you just go to the website, bottom of the page, there's usually an advertising link, and they'll often have a sponsorship or dedicated option uh, once you contact the rep there. And, of course, banner ad
2: options as well. Absolutely. Well, I know where I am here in the Middle East, in Dubai, there's several publishers, most of which have actually come from a print type environment and then have moved online with various sort of news related sites. And you can definitely take out these options of email buys and sponsorships for emails for those types of places. And I'm happy to hook people up with some contacts there if they get interested in this stuff. But Chad, I think we should move on. I think we should talk about another form of traffic that's really working for you right now. What else is bringing you good results or perhaps really good results for your clients?
0: Yeah, so, you know, where we run the majority of our volume is uh, with display traffic. And um, so when I say display traffic, I just mean banner ads for the most part. Uh, You know, we have um, last month we had a client who... uh, we generated, I think it was $1.6 million in revenue for them. Uh, we spent about 900000 or so, so pretty good profit, uh, I find. And I would say that of that ad spend, probably 800000 of it was display traffic, so banner traffic. Uh, that is nothing on Facebook. That's nothing on Google Display Network, nothing like that. And um, that's been our bread and butter. That's typically why people try to come to us and talk to us it's, you know, we run a lot of banner traffic. Uh, With banner traffic, that's what I did originally. I started with Google Display Network. I've done a lot of Facebook as well, but, you know, I started with Google Display Network. I started moving away from from Google uh, just because, you know, I was promoting a lot of health offers, so I didn't get a lot of um, flexibility in terms of, um, you know, the compliance and that sort of thing and that sort of stuff. So I just went ahead and I went outside of of Google. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Google's like, killer traffic source, <laughs> but, um, we deal elsewhere. So some of the places we go, number one, we do a lot direct. So I'll, to give you an idea, we have for that one client, there's probably about 20 to 25 direct sites that we deal with. Okay. And so we, we have um, this small little portfolio of websites. We try to find sites that can deliver more than a million impressions per day. Okay. Now keep in mind, this is a, a pretty mass market offer, which is usually what we deal with. Yeah. But we, we try to find sites that can deliver a million a potential of a million impressions minimum per day. That's, you know, part of our criteria. And so we'll, we'll build up a little network of just, uh, like I said, of these sites that are fairly good size and can deliver a good amount of traffic. The other places we go are, you know, obviously networks like Yahoo. And not Yahoo self-serve ads through um, like Bing and that sort of thing. We will go to Yahoo Display. Our, one of our other clients, the... Uh, the weight loss client. I mean, we did for a good majority of of April. There, we were um, we were probably spending around five thousand a day and bringing in sixteen to seventeen thousand in revenue. It's going very very well. I mean, specific to Yahoo. Yeah. Specific to Yahoo is what I'm talking about. And um, to give you an idea, I just thought as a, as an aside here, we were we had started that campaign on Yahoo in January and so we weren't really profitable, but we weren't losing much. It was just kind of chugging along. We couldn't find right the good pockets and we were dealing with our rep a lot. And then just in, in late March going into April, we just cracked it and we just started doubling money and then tripling money. And, um, the target CPA to give you an idea of like how much we're able to spend to acquire a sale for this client is around a hundred to one hundred and ten dollars, and we were hitting sixty dollars, sixty five dollars, um, pretty regularly. Wow. With the average sale being one hundred and seventy to one hundred eighty dollars, so we were pretty happy with with those results. So you know, Yahoo might be is one of the ones that we'll go to. Uh, AOL is another one. So these are the big ones where, you know, we can match Google Display Network's volume or come very, very close on Yahoo uh, Display and AOL Display. And um, we have a couple other channels, um, you know, one that I won't really talk about, but it's it's similar to Yahoo and AOL and that sort of stuff. So, I mean, even if all you did was focus on just getting offers to convert on Yahoo and that sort of thing, you know, you, you wouldn't run out of volume. I mean, you could spend on AOL or Yahoo's front page, you could spend two hundred grand in one day. So there's so much volume there. And yeah, we'll we'll typically do that. Sometimes we'll go through agencies, right? But usually it's either direct or we'll go to a network, a big network like Yahoo or that sort that sort of thing. Uh, we'll also do stuff on um, on self-serve well hybrid kind of self-serve networks like like WAM, WAM PPC, we do really well with them. AdBlade as well. I'm sure a lot of you guys know about AdBlade. Uh we've done, we've worked with them you know, for a while. And we'll, depending on the offer, if, if it's an offer that we think can convert on their inventory, uh, we'll work with AdBlade as well. And so those are the types of sources we work on. And display is absolutely our biggest uh channel for sure. And that's where we like to, uh we like to focus most of our time.
2: Now you slipped in that little piece there that you suddenly were able to ramp up your clients' results with a few changes. I'm sure there's a secret and a lesson to be learned in there that you're probably not revealing just yet. What caused that massive change and improvement in the results from that campaign? Yeah, I don't,
1: I
0: don't, mind, uh, I don't mind mentioning it. Uh, the reason I don't mind mentioning it is because you couldn't buy all the inventory <laughs> there anyway. So,
1: um,
0: but okay, so when we started out, we would test. Uh, so when you go to a network like Yahoo, and they have so much volume. Typically, the reps will say, "Okay, let's run it on, um, let's run it on our, um, our, you know, RMX. RMX is uh, Yahoo's Right Media Exchange. It's kind of like their um, run of network, like their remnant traffic. The remnant traffic, when we go direct to a site, is typically what we'll buy. Uh, when we go to a network, we we typically won't buy the remnant traffic." What we'll do is we'll build out our proof of concept. You know, we'll find the ads that work and that sort of thing on the direct buy. And then we'll find the demographics that work on those direct buys. And we'll take it to a network like Yahoo. And we'll say, okay, these are the types of sites we were converting on. These were the ads. Let's buy more premium traffic. Well, what happened is we were trying to make it work. You know, usually we don't go this route, but we're trying to make it work on the remnant traffic on Yahoo. And it was working you know, like it was kind of breaking even or being just under break even as I said. Then what we did near the end of March is my rep said, okay, what I want to do is I want to run it on the, on four premium properties, okay? So Yahoo has specific premium properties. It's kind of like running on Facebook versus just running on some random network, right? There's a trust factor there that when people see your ads on these more premium properties, uh, they they tend to trust them more. That's, you know, my hypothesis anyway. So that's what we did. We shifted, I would say, 80% of the, the spend over to these, uh, to the more premium uh, channels. And if you were to go to Yahoo and you say, you want to you run on the Yahoo premium properties, they would tell you which ones they are. And not any offer can run there, but most, you know, client offers and that sort of thing are pretty safe there. And um, that was the biggest shift that we did. We just, you know, we went after better quality traffic. And I should mentioned that this goes for email and everything is we won't, we don't typically go for cheap traffic. We just go for converting traffic. So we're yeah. willing to pay more. We're willing to pay a cost per click of like three times more, uh, you know, a buck 50 versus 50 cents or, you know, a dollar versus 30 cents because the, the EPCs and, you know, the, the refund rates are lower. The EPCs are higher when we go after that more premium traffic. Right. So the average sales are higher. So to give you an idea, we have one of our biggest sources mm-hmm. that we're running for um, that that one blood pressure client, uh, they were the biggest day that we had in terms of revenue was probably 60,000 on that one source. And we were running it a lot of different um, quality of traffic that we're mixing into that one network. I can't give too many details, like in terms of names and stuff. But the average sale, what was happening is we were seeing the bigger scale that we went, the average sales started going down. Uh, so our average sale originally was around $250. And then it started going down to $220, $210. And there were some days even at $190. And at, th- at those average sales, the, it couldn't be sustained by the client. They just, it wasn't um, mm-hmm. it wasn't backing out enough. The 90-day trend in terms of refunds was going, was going up. So our refund rates were going up from about 7% to 12%. And when we factored all that in, they were actually losing money dis- despite um, them on the front end, you know, for one month looking like they're making tons. So uh, what we did is we, we scaled it back and um, we, we scaled back the volume and we focused more on the premium channels and all that kind of reversed, right? The average sale went back to 260, 270 even. Uh, the volume went down, but it was more profitable. So uh, number one, I mean, that's probably the biggest shift in stuff that we've done in the past year even was just focusing more on premium traffic. And typically when you go direct is when you'll get the premium quality traffic. I'll give you a good, a really good example of this. So uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know about Scout, right? Um, Scout is an RTB. It's a um, real-time bidding platform. And Scout typically will access the, the remnant inventory on different sites. And th- this is like probably the biggest thing. And, you know, your guys are more experienced, so they'll know, but, with the remnant traffic so there's one website for example where you can buy traffic on it for a dollar fifty on site scouts uh, rtb when we go direct it's a it's about a four dollar cpm three dollar cpm now the thing is uh the rtb if anything should be should be pricier now what's happening there though is it's the impression order that we have found that that becomes a big issue when somebody visits the site are you one of the first ads they see or are you the fifth or sixth ad that they see? And usually the RTBs and these, um, and the, you know, the, that type of remnant traffic, you're, you're further down the line, down the food chain in terms of impression order. And so what tends to happen is, uh, we'll get much worse results, even though the CPM is lower. Now I know some guys make a lot of money off of, uh, RTBs and that sort of stuff, but I've talked to some of the best guys in it and they all do say that yes, your rep at the RTB network can make, a very big difference in terms of the inventory you're accessing on that exact same site. Now when I go direct, I usually can bypass that. I pay more, but uh, I'll usually get that higher converting type of traffic right from the get-go. So that's why I like to go direct. That's why when we shifted that traffic on AOL over to their branded properties versus their right media exchange, it works better. The best quality remnant traffic that I've seen is on um, Google Display Network, right? Just accessing their Google AdWords. Uh, simply because, I mean, this is just my opinion, is um, number one, a lot of people don't have any other ads or networks on there other than Google. So you're accessing that first impression type of traffic anyway. Otherwise, the ECPM that you know Google generates for a lot of these networks, sorry, a lot of these publishers is pretty good. So they put them higher in the impression order. But I think that's why Google is kind of the exception to that remnant inventory type of thing. You can still get really good quality pockets on on Google Display Network. Uh, But most networks, I find the traffic isn't as good right away. You have to burn through a lot of money before you just get to these uh, premium quality pockets. So um, I know that's a really long answer to what you asked, but that's been the biggest (laughs) uh, change for us is just going after the premium pockets right away and tweaking the offer and the ads to work there. So...
2: I love it, Chad. I think this is the probably the interview that I've had to say least on. I just ask a question, you just unleash yourself for five minutes with an awesome answer. So, yeah, I don't know if that's stuff. what you want
0: me to do. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's I'm being a little uh, excessive here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, man, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Well, you're clearly a big advocate of media buys, and this is what you do day in day out. What really makes it a good traffic source to you? And why do you put so much focus in it over perhaps search traffic or Facebook or social or any of these other types of traffic sources? What makes it really work for you?
0: Okay, so that's, um, you know, why do I put it over? So number one, with search traffic, so this is my thing, I'm like... I'm not. I'm not lazy, but I don't want to say that because I work. I work really hard, especially when I need to. But
2: you're a mood, you're a Muay Thai boxer. I, I don't think we can call you lazy, right? Yeah, I guess. But it's not lazy. But what it is is like
0: um, I have this problem with dealing with um, compliance issues that I don't understand really fully. Okay, so so on networks like Google and on networks like Facebook, I've had the rug pulled out from under me literally overnight on campaigns that were working really well all of a sudden the next day ads are approved or accounts are banned and that sort of thing and it's not necessarily something that is you know really shady or going against the uh terms of service and that sort of thing uh so don't get me wrong like we still run on google display network but only for specific types of offers because google has certain policies that we got to follow right um i love google's traffic i love google display network it's Absolutely great. Uh, I love Facebook's quality of traffic. They, they get, whenever we can run something on Facebook, our ROIs are just insane, like two, 300% ROI. It just works great. I just don't, in terms of the babysitting that's required for Facebook, that's typically why we like to run on display. To give you an idea, I like to run on display, even on a site that can deliver, you know, a million or two million impressions a day, which isn't huge, right? Uh, we can have ads running, there, you know, month after month that are profitable that we don't really have to rotate and, you know, um, test new ads if we didn't want to. Now we usually do. We'll usually take about fifteen to twenty percent of our traffic, and you know, we'll test new ads in just to see if we can find new winners. But that's the first thing that I like. It just seems more stable, right? It's just longer term. I mean, there's been sites that we're run on that we've been running on for eight months buying, you know, a 30 to 40% share of voice, which means like we're buying a lot of their traffic with the exact same ads. And we're still maintaining 0.7% click-through rate. So we're actually, you know, still getting really good results uh, without having to change up ads and that sort of thing. Whereas on Facebook, we'd be changing ads at good volume, you know, at least weekly. You know what I mean, and um, that's if we could get all our ads approved every week and that sort of thing. So, in terms of um, just allowing us to just buy the traffic, that's the that's the main thing that I like. It, you know, just like, please, like I want to give you my money so I can buy your traffic. So, and most of them are happy to do that. I like the human element of dealing direct. Like, you know, we could just say, uh, for example, this is a really good example. Um, one client we were doing really well um, on this website, and we asked them. We're like, you know what, um, you guys have great traffic and we simply can't buy enough of it. And you're telling us there's no more left. So would you consider doing a, um, this is like a secret type thing, but <laughs> would you consider setting up a new ad unit that might be a pop-up or a peel back that you guys don't even have right now? And they'll do it. Like, I mean, you can't, I can't go to Facebook and say, hey, Facebook, uh, you know, we're getting great results with you would you mind, you know, doing some pop-up ads on your site for us? How about that? You know, it's not going to happen, right?
2: Yeah. And I ain't going to happen.
0: No, it isn't. And same with Google, even though I love Google's traffic, it's just not going to happen. Whereas on um, the direct sites they are like, yeah, sure. Um, you know, how much more would you buy? I said, if it's converting like it is now, I'll keep buying it. Right. And so they set up pop-up ads and we've had th- those running for, um, I think it's been at least six months now. We barely have to look at it and it's profitable month after month. And, um, that was an ad unit that they didn't even have advertised. Nobody else had, it. and we're just like, hey, would you be willing to do this? And you know, they're not gonna hammer their users with these pop-up ads, so they'll say, okay, we can do this many impressions. And, and it's just the flexibility, uh, why I like it. It's the ad approvals. Uh, you know, we're able to um, get up and running very, very quickly. So that's kind of why I focus on it. In terms of search, you know, search is just something that we haven't done much of, even historically myself. It's not something I did a lot of. Even when I did search, as an affiliate, I used to take my converting keywords from Google Display Network and I would move those into a search campaign. So like my Google, which is really backwards from what most people would do, but I would take my Google Display uh, ad groups. So let's say I would have you know, 500 ad groups to start out with and eventually after optimizing, it would get down to one ad group with 10 keywords in it. Well, I take those 10 keywords and I do a search campaign and it worked out really good, but it's just something um, you know, I just we just haven't focused on and it's just, you know, if we ever get anyone that asks us, hey, do you do search? We'll say no. But, you know, we'll usually pass them along. And uh, with Facebook, we'll take some of that stuff on. But only if we know that, uh, you know, it's compliant. Same with Google. Our, our uh, real estate investing, uh, you know, private lending client, we run them on Google. I think the ad spend per month right now is around 50000 on Google. We do another 30000 through Display Network. And then we do a couple of direct buys and some email. So, yeah, we do still run Google for some stuff. Uh, you know, we like the ease of use and all that. But the flexibility, the transparency, just dealing with that human element is what we love about the, uh, the, the media buys. Because they need the money. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> and so they're just, willing to, <laughs> they're just willing to do, you know, whatever to, to close the deal. So it's pretty cool that way.
2: Well, I know exactly what you mean about the rigidity and lack of flexibility when it comes to Facebook. I, unfortunately, was a victim this week, as were many of the people that kind of mix in the same circles that I do. And we had our uh, accounts banned, be it temporarily, um, for no apparent reason at all. And you try and contact Facebook. And I mean, seriously, you've got to send them a Morse code message or something to get through to those people and find out really what's happening. Anyway, lo and behold, we all got back into action again, but there's there's no support or help there being offered at all. I've noticed Google's a
0: lot better these days, right? It's like F- Facebook now is where kind of how Google's support and whatnot was maybe early 2010 when they were just going on mass bannings. Whereas Google now is like, you know, any issues we've had, we've been able to contact them and deal back and forth with a dedicated rep, which has been really cool. But yeah, Facebook is just like, I mean, I just can't handle it. I mean, I, I I have to. We let go of a really high profile client, and somebody I really wanted to make it work because I was like, listen, I think your biggest wins are on Facebook, and I would need to hire a dedicated guy to deal with <laughs> to deal with the Facebook stuff. And I think at most you're going to be able to spend maybe a couple hundred thousand to you know just based on the pool of traffic that they needed. I'm just estimating you're going to be able to spend a couple hundred to to, to three hundred thousand a month, and for me to dedicate like two guys even because you're going to have to constantly change ads and you know get them approved and then contact phase i said you know we're just going to walk from this one when we did is um unfortunate but just like it's it's come to that where it has to be something i know facebook is fine with before we'll run with it yeah because they have great traffic it's just you know it's the way they choose to run it it's working for them obviously
1: yeah
0: so (laughs) So. they're not going to take advice from me so
2: no. well, My good friend Brendan Tully so poignantly said this week that they're like these mad scientists. They just play around with things, not really knowing what the result is going to be. And lo and behold, a few things tend to mishap every now and again, and they don't really know quite what caused it. But uh, it's yeah. all fun in games to watch, right?
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're not depending on them, it's cool
2: yeah and that's another important point you've got to have diverse traffic sources because if you're solely reliant it doesn't take much for these people to pull the rug out from underneath you and uh, can leave you high and dry if you're not prepared absolutely good well we've gone pretty long chad you've covered a lot of ground so i think we should get towards a close and wrap things up tell me about what's going on in your business right now what you up to at the moment
0: uh yeah so uh, like i said you know we're um you know, still got the client stuff going on, and we're um we're working on a couple health offers internally, because uh, I'd like to get in that game. It's always been a personal interest of mine anyway, and since we have a lot of traffic for that stuff, I figure, well, why not? But I mean, it's a whole learning curve unto its own to create winning offers and that sort of thing, and so that's going to take some time. Uh, we just recently, actually, just today, uh, we we got the new Traffic Black Book two. Uh, 2.0, out uh, which is kind of targeted more at agencies and small businesses and that sort of stuff. So we're really excited about that. It was actually uh, featured on TechCrunch today. So TechCrunch is going to be featuring it for the next 30 days. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. Um, so, uh, you know, TechCrunch has that up there in their new Crunch U, Crunch University. And uh, we're one of two uh, that they're exclusively featuring with like email blasts and that sort of stuff. So we're really excited about that. People can check it out at trafficblackbook.com. Right now, that's just redirecting to the Udemy page and that sort of thing. But, um, we'll be doing our own internal push once, uh, the TechCrunch promo is out of the way. But, uh, you know, I got myself, uh, Mike Kalella from AdBeat, who's a really, really smart guy. He's in on it. There's just a lot of really smart guys who contributed to the product. So I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out. It's, uh, it's definitely a Bible of, <laughs> of the paid traffic and what we do and that sort of thing. So really excited about that.
2: Excellent. Well, I hope today we've got a few people excited enough to want to take this stuff further and find out more about how it's done. So we'll make sure that link is placed beneath this recording over at trafficjamcast.com. Chad, I've got to thank you for your time. You've shared a lot of stuff and you're such an easy guest to interview. Like I say, I just asked a question and off you went. So I've been enjoying my cup of tea here as you go. So it's been fantastic. Awesome.
0: (laughs) I'm glad I made it easy for you.
2: Good stuff. Well, thanks again for your time. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you again sometime in the future. All right. Much appreciated, Jim. Thanks, guys. This week's news in traffic. A couple of weeks old now, but still deserved of mentioning Twitter have rolled out more marketing options, including keyword targeted advertising. In a move they hope emulates Google's success with keyword targeted advertising, Twitter have introduced options for advertisers to show ads in both Twitter search and Twitter timelines that are triggered by a mention of a keyword or a key phrase. Keyword targeting can be used in addition to Twitter's existing targeting parameters like geolocation, device and gender and is available in 15 languages through Twitter's ad platform and ad API partners. Now, agencies given early access to the keyword targeting options have reported that users are more likely to engage with promoted tweets using keyword targeting in the timeline than other forms of targeting in the timeline. Now, this is really no surprise given the ability to serve up far more relevant advertising than was previously possible with only interest based targeting. Moving on to Facebook, well, they're going to roll out video ads onto users' news feeds as soon as July this year. The social media giant are clearly trying to steal a chunk of TV advertising revenues with these new ads. Now, reports are that targeting options will initially be limited to four demographics and ads will be limited to 15 seconds in length and will likely be autoplay. Wow, and I'm looking forward to the backlash from the spam haters on that one. Now staying with Facebook, they've announced their first quarter earnings and almost one third of Facebook's advertising revenue is now coming from mobile platforms according to the company's latest earnings release. Now about 375 million of Facebook's 1.25 billion in advertising revenue came from products like the company's new mobile app install ads. Now that's up from last quarter when Facebook said it made 23% or 305.9 million from mobile ads. So this is a nice 22.5% quarter over quarter increase in mobile advertising revenue. Now, if you're not embracing web 3.0 and you're not yet mobile friendly, this is yet another indication you absolutely should be. Nice message from Mukesh Pandy this week, who said he liked the LinkedIn podcast with Low Silver, and that the Facebook podcast with Jennifer Sheehan is absolutely awesome. So Jen's getting a lot of love on the show today, and now from listeners too. Now Mukesh really liked the information that was there for him on Jennifer's episode, especially as he manages leads in Dubai. Now I've known Mukesh for some time now; he's attended several of the events that I've spoken at, and we. Came Catch up from time to time in one place or another. And knowing that he manages paid traffic accounts, particularly Google AdWords, that episode will be of real interest to him. So thank you, Makesh, for your nice comments. And I'd like to receive your feedback too. So if you have a comment or a question, please head on over to traffic Jam Cast and use one of the options that are there. And if you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so over on iTunes. That would be even better still. The one minute traffic tip. Matt Cutts has announced at a recent SMX conference that a major Google Penguin algorithm update is on its way in 2013. Now Google Penguin is the code name for Google's attempt to stamp out websites clearly trying to manipulate the search engine by using backlinks to climb the results to a position where they do not deserve to be. This forthcoming Penguin update is suspected to be the biggest yet and previous updates did catch a lot of websites out who had inadvertently been using SEO techniques that Google do not look on too well. So in order to remain safe from the upcoming algorithm update and maintain or even increase your ranking when it occurs, you need to go and check the links coming to your website to ensure they are natural and safe. This process deserves longer than the one minute we have here so I'm going to cheat a little bit this week and send you off to a video I posted over at my SEO website seosherpa.com where I give you a step-by-step list of the things that you must check to ensure your website does not fall foul of Google Penguin. Now if you're listening to this on iTunes right now head on over to trafficjamcast.com where you'll find the link in the show notes. Good luck and tell me how you get on. That's a wrap on episode eight of Traffic Jam. Of course, we'll be doing it all again next week with another expert interview and the latest traffic tips and news. If you've enjoyed this episode, log into iTunes and leave us a review. In fact, if you didn't enjoy this episode, I still want to hear your feedback too. It's all welcome. Playing out the show this week is a daft punk tune and it's not the recent single Get Lucky, which is blowing up across the Internet right now. This is a single from the year 2000 which later featured on Daft Punk's 2001 album Discovery. The track is One More Time. Enjoy.
1: To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.